the Irish Times Inside Business podcast in association with EY, building a better working world. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. At the end of August, the special 9% VAT rate for the hospitality sector is due to be abolished, with the rate to return to the original 13.5%. This comes amid claims that hotels are profiteering and price gouging customers at a time of high demand. First introduced in 2011, when Ireland was in a Troika bailout, it was later abolished before being reintroduced in 2020 to help the industry cope with the effects of the pandemic. It's estimated to cost the Exchequer €400 million a year in lost revenue. There has, however, been a lobbying campaign of late to allow restaurants to retain the 9% rate while hotel rooms would return to the original 13.5%. Lorraine Sweeney owns four hotels and two cafe restaurants in Dublin and Wicklow, while JP McMahon operates two well-known restaurants in Galway, in Nier and Cava. You'll hear them in a few minutes explain the challenges of running a hospitality business amid soaring energy costs, staff shortages and high insurance rates. Both of them would like to see the rate extended, although they accept that the wind is currently blowing in the other direction. But first, I asked Jennifer Brave, our political staff, to give me a sense of the thinking within government on another extension of the 9% rate. So there are different levels of support for retaining and for abolishing the VAT rate. In the Department of Finance, among senior officials, there is a strong desire to abolish the 9% VAT rate for the hospitality industry. We know that they made these views clear and known earlier this year when the government decided to extend the measure by a further six months until the end of this month, effectively. And in fact, some of the criticism or some of the comments made by officials in the Department of Finance was that there wasn't an economic case to be made for the extension of that rate. The rationale was that this was just supposed to be a targeted, temporary measure towards the parts of the economy that are more deeply impacted by public health restrictions introduced in the pandemic there was a feeling that the output in the accommodation and food services sector was returning to kind of relatively normal levels, but the coalition is coming under pressure from its backbenchers who are being subjected to what can only be described, I suppose, as intensive lobbying by the industry and by representatives. It would be hard to see a situation, I think, in which Michael McGrath, the Minister for Finance, goes against his officials again. And the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar also previously said that the measure will not be extended beyond August. Right now, it looks as though the rate will not be extended. But as we saw in February, a last minute push from within and and from the industry can reap dividends. However, it's in the legislation at present that the VAT will go up. The VAT rate will uh, not be extended in its current form, the 9% form, and that that will effectively be the case at, at August 31st, that that change will come into effect. Jennifer, there has been a lobbying campaign by the restaurant sector to retain the 9% rate for restaurants and cafes while restoring the 13.5% rate for hotel rooms. Is that proposal gaining any traction within government? So firstly, the Irish Restaurant Association has mounted a really well-resourced, very vocal, very organised campaign to retain the hospitality sector's reduced VAT rate, but only for food-related businesses. So what the association has said is that there's been, I suppose, what they described as a perfect storm of events that's led to this disastrous summer. So they say that those events include rising ingredient prices, rising energy costs, bad weather, and the Restaurants Association appear to be running a dual campaign targeting both 
local and national politicians for this decoupling. They have support at local level from politicians across the spectrum. But they also have support at national level. You know, in Fine Gael, we saw Regina Doherty come out and say that when it comes to this specific issue, where there's a will, there's a way. She has also made representations to Michael McGrath and Pascal Donoghue. So there is support also in, in Fianna Fáil for a decoupling. And in fact, many TDs and senators made that fact known at a meeting within the ORAI in mid-July. There were 24 TDs and senators at that meeting. So obviously there's, there's support there. And the government, I think, is also kind of conscious that, you know, if they went ahead with this, it could be regarded as unfair to extend it for one sector and not the other. But once again, it does look as though the government will intend to proceed with the original plans to revert to the original rate in August. And Jennifer, has Sinn Féin uh, expressed a view on the rate returning to 13.5%? Yeah, so Sinn Féin appear to be holding their counsel at the moment for the time being on this. Although I understand there is support uh, among Sinn Féin councillors and in different local authorities for an extension. But if we look at what Sinn Féin said before, they said that they would support the rate not being extended and last time in, in at the start of the year, as long as there were assurances that the hospitality sector wouldn't be adversely affected. So I can imagine that there will be a situation again, although, like I said, they've held their counsel. So that's the view from Leinster House. Time now to hear from Lorraine Sweeney and JP McMahon, two people who are in the front line of the hospitality trade here. I began by asking Lorraine Sweeney if she expects the 9% special raise to be extended once more. Yes, I believe that the government is seriously considering reintroducing the 13.5% VAT rate. And I think uh, that this is a huge mistake. I think our VAT rate on our hospitality sector was far too high. They introduced this for the pandemic period in order to allow businesses to recover from the pandemic. And those were the very words of the minister. And we have not in the hospitality sector recovered from the pandemic as yet. Um, I want to just briefly explain what the sector is because hospitality sector tends to get confused with five-star hotels in the city centre Uh, price gouging when there's a concert in town and I just want to broaden people's perspective on our sector comprises not just hotels but it's cafes, catering, fast food, gastro pubs, guest houses and all segments of hotels one, two, three, four and five stars. So what makes the headlines and draws the criticism about the hospitality sector is prices on, on, on a big night in town and this is a very tiny segment of our total Uh, hospitality sector, not representative at all of uh, who we are in business up and down the towns and villages in Ireland. I believe 9% is the correct rate. Um, It's, you know, we hear comparisons about you can go to Portugal and get a cup of coffee much cheaper. Uh, Their their rate of VAT is 6% and France is 9%. Italy and Spain are 10%. And Germany and the Netherlands are similar. So we're going to fall way out of line with the, comp- the countries that we visit frequently. Um, at 13.5%, we'd be second only to Denmark, which has, if you go to Denmark, I recently I was talking to somebody who paid nine euro for a typical coffee in Denmark. And this, for our industry, where we bring in 11 million tourists a year, is totally unsustainable. Uh, tourism is very important in Ireland. If I could have a chance, Kieran, just to give you an overview of two businesses that I have. Not, I have three hotels, but I also have two businesses in the catering sector. Um, and a small example of the comparison between pre and post pandemic. One uh, site I have has sales totally in line with 2019 uh, during this year. 
but the profit is definitely going to be half of what 2019 costs were. Sorry, Lorraine, would you just tell us which sites you're talking about? Yes, I'm talking about Beshov's Fish and Chip Restaurant in O'Connell Street, right? I've had it for 30 years. Um, it had, you know, a successful business right up until the pandemic, and then it fell off completely off the radar. But if you just, uh, 2019 sales were very good. We're, we're in line with sales this year of 2019 sales. Profits will be half. And the reason for that is utility costs, labour costs, insurance costs and significant food price increases have all reduced our opportunity to make a profit. If from September 1 we have to pay another 4.9%, we cannot add on any more costs to the customer. We've put the prices up to the level of which is sustainable. If they go up any further, uh, the customer is going to stop coming into us. So what I see happening in this business is it won't go broke, but it will definitely be 50% less better off than it was in a pre-pandemic era. Now, I have another business on the same street, the Muse Cafe in Eason's. It's a big cafe. Sales in this current year are well behind 2019. Because of uh, all the cost increases, we're breaking even. We're not making any money like we did in 2019 uh, because of all the costs. And what I would say about this particular business, if the VAT increase goes up, we certainly can't add any more costs to the customers. They will walk away. Um, and, and this has a future like very many SMEs, cafes, restaurants, bars up and down the country where food is served. Uh, they'll go bust. And I, I can see that that particular business of mine is in severe jeopardy if the, the VAT goes up and uh, all the cost increases uh, are maintained, which they will. What would a bag of chips cost you now in Beshoff's compared to 2019? Probably only about 50 cent more. So like gone from 350 to 4 euro. Okay, well, percentage-wise, I suppose, significant enough. What about your hotel businesses, Lorraine? Because you did launch a health farm, essentially, didn't you? A health spa uh, out in Enniscary around 2020, around the time of the uh, pandemic. So how's that doing? Power Sports brings health farm, uh, which was closed and, you know, we bought it out of receivership and we got it ready for reopening early spring of, uh, of 2020. And we launched it just as the pandemic was hitting us hard in Ireland. It's a 30 bedroomed, you'd describe it as a unique hotel in Ireland because it ha it's on 38 acres. We have our alpacas, we have our swimming pool, we have our uh, forest bathing through the woods and we have our soon-to-be four-star hotel service combined with that. Yes, we had a rocky start because we opened and closed and opened and closed, I think, three times in 2020. It has stabilised. It's obviously open full-time now. It's doing very well. But it's hugely, hugely challenged with utility cost. I, I can actually say that is my biggest nightmare in that business because it's... Um, uh, 18,000 square feet, it consumes a, a huge amount of energy, heating the pool, heating the water for the gas. We've had to reinvest in new systems in order to cut our energy costs. But still, every month when we look at our profit, profit and loss account, we are being swallowed up by cost increases. Insurance has tripled since we started there three years ago. And um, basically, everything's going up and nothing's coming down. And whilst we're enjoying a, a good business, a customer will pay so much, but they're not going to pay enough for to, uh, you know, to absorb the huge rate of increases. I think utility costs have gone up something by 80 percent 
uh, in Ireland over the last 12 to 18 months. So these are the challenges we have in the hospitality sector. And some would say, oh, well, God help you. You know, you're, you're well off and all the rest. But we have our mortgages. Uh, we have our rates. We have all the overheads. And we have high rates of employment to pay because um, in order to attract employees, we've had to pay higher wages. So um, plus I won't say it's all doom and gloom. We're, we're enjoying a growing business in Paris Court Springs Health Farm, but there are huge challenges in this industry. Yeah, sure. But I mean, every business across Ireland is facing huge challenges and they don't all benefit from the 9% special VAT rate, do they? No, they don't, Kieran. but they don't, equally, they don't all have such a, like our labour cost is roughly 30 to 35% in the hotel sector, right? So a typical retail, a retail business would maybe have a 10% labour cost, Right. So if you take, we've a 25% food cost. I'm sure uh, JP will echo this. We have a, a 30 odd percent labour cost. Uh, we have huge shortages of staff as well, I may tell you. And the, the price that we've had to start paying chefs is phenomenal over the last couple of years. So we've, we've different challenges to other industries because the service sector in its nature is highly intensive, hands on. If we could run our business by robots, then maybe we'd be able to sustain this, but we can't. Well, that might be coming. But you're at both ends of the spectrum in relation to this debate because you have hotels and you also have cafe restaurants. There has been a suggestion that the cafe restaurant element of it might retain the 9% rate, but that the hotels will go back to 13.5%. What's your view on that? Well, I've seen that. And I mean, the advocate of that is the Restaurants Association of Ireland because they just want to feather their own nest. I would say to you that, you know, there's a perception that the hotel industry is buoyant. It's not. Uh, at the moment, I'm in uh, Clifton in Connemara and their season is about six weeks long. They, the people will be here from, you know, mid-June to mid-August and then it'll all collapse. And that pertains all along the west coast of Ireland and in rural areas in the south and north coast. Uh, it's, it, you know, Dublin is buoyant. I don't happen to have a hotel in Dublin. Uh, even Wicklow is seasonal. I can tell you in the Summerhill Hotel in Enniskerry, we scrutinise our figures very closely. And for November, December, January and February, the business absolutely hemorrhages, right? We looked at the possibility of would we close for those four months? And the only difference between being open and being closed was €10,000. So that's not sustainable because we still have the... Uh, insurance cost and so on, rates don't change and so on. So like we in the hotel business uh, and the restaurant business, we're, we're closely analysing every option that we have, right? And uh, yet there's still, like, I would say the accommodation business definitely needs the VAT reduction as well. Uh, we, we have to reinvest heavily in our business. You know, we're brandished with somebody charged 800 euro for last Friday night, the average um, in May was €120, Euros, the average net income for hotels across the sector. So that's not a generous amount of money, the net room rate. And what's the net room rate for your hotels? Um, it's less than that, I can tell you. But um, our net room rate, like we, we sometimes, we sell rooms at €99 Euro sometimes and we sell rooms at 135 sometimes. And sometimes we get 300 That would be the exception. Uh, but... You know, there's the Monday nights and Tuesday nights in November and February when you've nobody and you still have to have your staff around the clock and you're still reinvesting heavily. Uh, I'm redoing uh, all my bathrooms in the Summerhill Hotel at the moment. Each one is costing about €5,000. You know, the industry needs regeneration post-pandemic. None of us invested during the pandemic period because we had no income. 
So we have to catch up on the reinvestment as well as uh, rebuild our marketplace. Like the market has changed. Uh, for example, in my business in Enniskerry, uh, in the Summerhill Hotel, the, we did a, a huge number of weddings pre-pandemic. That has changed. Less people are, are having weddings, less people are going to weddings. So where our average number in the past might have been 150 people at a wedding, now it's 90. And that's not even as sustainable. So the market has changed phenomenally. And the, the government has to look seriously at putting some of their billions of surplus, uh, you know, to kind of put their arm around us in the hospitality industry and say, we want the Americans to come, we want Europeans to come, we want them to spend their dollars and euros in Ireland. And in order to maintain them coming, uh, keep the VAT rate at the, the realistic rate that nearly everybody in Europe has, 9%. Sure. JP McMahon, you have two restaurants in Galway, Anir and Cava. If the rate goes back up to 13.5%, what impact will that have on your business? Um, I mean, pretty much as, as Lorraine was saying, it will make it extremely difficult. It's difficult at the moment and it will just add another layer of difficulty. I don't think it will close us, but the margins are extremely tight at the moment, particularly, as Lorraine was saying, down to utility. We had a, a kind of constant electricity bill in Cava of about €25,000 a year pre-pandemic, pre-war in the Ukraine. That went up to about 110000 a year at the the kind of height of the, the Ukraine and then um, it has kind of leveled off now at around 60,000. So I don't see it going down much below 60 now. And uh, we just kind of have to accept that. So it's just something that we have to try and factor into the menu. I mean, our labor cost in the restaurant is, is quite high. I mean, it used to be 30 to 35. I mean, it's lucky now if we have 35 to 40 and in the winter months, it could be 45 because as Lorraine was saying, Galway is extremely seasonal. We kind of have a, a good six months and, and a bad six months. And the good six months, you have a kind of eight weeks in the summer, July and August, to really try and capitalize. And half the, half the profit in Cava for the year comes from July and August. The other half the profit comes from the other 10 months. So it, it is, um, it's a difficult industry. And the VAT rate is, is assisting businesses I see it less as kind of, I mean, customers say, well, why don't restaurants pass it on? I mean, restaurants can't pass anything on at the moment because we really can't put any more money on the menu. And it's, it's, it's a question of how much can we absorb if the VAT rate increases and do you try and absorb 2% and pass 2 on? I, I'm not too sure. Now, you had a third venue, Tartar, uh, but that's, that fell victim to the pandemic? Yeah, the pandemic coupled with... Um, the war in the Ukraine. So pretty much post-pandemic, we had three restaurants that we had to restaff and uh, we Tartar never really got there. We we had staffed um, uh, Cava and Anir and we were constantly uh, struggling to to staff Tartar. Then also with the increase in, in, in wages because of the shortage of chefs and also because of the, the new minimum wage. And then finally, the utility costs of Tartar small cafe it just wasn't able to make it and we had to make a difficult call and close it so i would be worried about the the future of smes in ireland if we continue to have like massive surpluses but there the those surpluses and the kind of profits are restricted to banks pharmaceutical tech 
it doesn't leave scope for kind of small restaurants and cafes and and small hotels. And as Lorraine said, like every hotel or every cafe or restaurant in Ireland isn't in in the the best street in Dublin. And uh, 99% of them are the ones that are uh, really kind of trying to make ends meet and they're predominantly family-run businesses. Uh, JP, have hotels ruined it for restaurants and cafes in terms of the VAT rate by charging some of the rates that they're charging and also by some of this, you know, alleged price gouging around uh, football matches or concerts, etc.? No, I don't think so. I mean, I stayed in Dublin recently and I think the room was uh, 190 and I think that's reasonable to stay in the city centre. Um, I do think that certain uh, certain hotels and but you could say certain restaurants, um, uh, I, I, I don't like the word price gouging and I don't like... Uh, uh, I don't like the word rip off either because there are so many costs to entail. We seem to take a quite a favorable light on the bank's ability to make profit, but we don't seem to take the same light on a restaurant or a hotel's ability to make profit. So there's a certain amount of profit shaming in Ireland with regards to the hospitality sector as if we, we're the ones that should be, I suppose, running a business at a loss or running a business at a break even while tech, pharma or the bank can make extraordinary profits. I mean, I, I, again, I think we have we have a complicated relationship with hospitality and food in Ireland, and we still haven't solved that, as 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 you can see in the in the media. So it's I, I think it's a it's a question of of turning a blind eye to uh, many other places and focusing on a kind of um, on a scapegoat. It's easy to to kind of focus on a hotel that's charging a lot in Dublin. But again, I mean, hotels can only charge in relation to the demand. And if the demand is there, then I suppose that's what necessitates any business, not just the hotel, as you can see with Taylor Swift tickets, or you can see with uh, any, I suppose, luxury product that is expensive that I mightn't think is good value. Some people will buy it. JP, a lot of people coming home from their holidays abroad, maybe been to Portugal and Spain, They've had what they perceive to be fantastic value eating out or going to a cafe in those countries and they come back and they say Ireland is way too expensive for eating out. What would you say to that? Like I would say, I mean, Lorraine has already mentioned their 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 VAT rate, but I mean, the wages are approximately one third, uh, at least one third in Portugal, if not in Spain as well. I mean, we, we had a chef go over um, to work in Portugal and the wage was uh, 250 euro a week and he came back three months later and uh, could, he said he couldn't survive in Lisbon on 250 euro a week. The equipment chef in, in, in Ireland is, is taking any home anywhere between six and 700 euro. Um, and that's, that's excluding, excluding tips. Yes. Portugal is a cheaper country for us. It's not a cheaper country for Portuguese people because the, the wages are, are less. So there's a certain attitude that I, I kind of don't like where, where people, I suppose we, we benefit from higher wages in Ireland so we can go to Portugal, Italy, Spain and, and reap the benefits. But certainly if you go up to Copenhagen where their overall tax rate on food and drink is 25%, like it's astronomical. And I have friends in Denmark and it, it's extremely difficult. Also, uh, Danish wages are higher than, than Ireland. And if we are going that way, you'll expect to pay uh, 15 to 17 euro for a glass of wine or 6 to 8 euro for a cup of coffee soon in Ireland. I mean, the minimum wage is going up again uh, by another euro. And I think people seem to want cheaper food and wine, but they want better wages. And that seems to be the trend whenever I ask these questions on Twitter. Everyone gives out at the price, but nobody wants less money. 
Yeah, sure. You've been on this uh, podcast a few times before, and you've mentioned in the past the difficulties in recruiting chefs and, and other staff members. Is that still the case? It's better than last year. Um, we do have more CVs coming in. The price of, of chefs is certainly more expensive now than it was pre-pandemic and more expensive than it was last year. And I don't think that's going to sort itself out until at least 2024, 2025. I mean, we need more temporary visas for Latin American countries or Eastern European countries that are not in um, the EU. Because frankly, most Irish people don't want to work in hospitality. And that's not because the wages are bad. I would say it's because Irish people have a lot more opportunities now than they did when, say, I came into the industry when I was 15. There was a lot more variety, particularly on the big tech side, where the offering is just gargantuan in terms of uh, free food and, and, and everything else that you can get at that level. So it is a, it is a difficult um, offer to get Irish people in the, into the industry. And say, for example, in the kitchen in an ear, other than myself, we have a 15-year-old, 16-year-old um, apprentice uh, who's an Irish guy. Everyone else is from elsewhere. And it's the same in the Cava kitchen. I think I have two Irish staff. The rest are Brazil, Italian, Romanian, Hungarian. And uh, I think that's a grow that's a trend that will continue uh, because of, I think it's because, again, of the, it's, it's a labor-intensive industry. It is a it is a difficult industry, and I think people don't appreciate that when they see their €9 Euro, uh, glass of wine or their €38 Euro steak. I mean, it is labour-intensive, and that's why the, these, uh, these prices are uh, the way they are. Yeah, and you're working yourself in the kitchen now, because I thought you'd, you'd largely stepped out of the kitchen previously. Yeah, I mean, I imagine someday I might get to the position of where I can kind of pretend I'm a manager, but uh, that is is long. I mean, I'm we we've been in Cava fifteen years now, and in year twelve, I've been chefing like uh, on the pass for thirty years, and uh, I'm back in Cava now. I'm doing Tuesday and Wednesday just because we do not have uh, we, we do not have the staff to to keep going. So I'm hoping it'll alleviate itself after the summer because we'll be out of the, the busy period. But it's like a domino effect since the pandemic. And it's very difficult to find a kind of a plateau where you can actually just go, OK, now, now it's going to be all right now for the next couple of months. It just seems that there's a constant if it's not the utility, it's the wages. And if it's not the wages, it's uh, the VAT. And if it's not the VAT, it's something else. So there is a lot being thrown at the hospitality at the moment. What makes a great CEO? What are the challenges facing CFOs today? Join myself, Richard Curran, and Jonathan Healy on the EY podcast series as we delve into the minds of leading Irish business figures. From career highs and lessons learned to the key issues facing organisations, the EY podcast is a must for current and aspiring leaders. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Lorraine Sweeney, could it be the case, I mean, the Irish economy is absolutely flying at the moment. We're, at, uh, we're told we're at uh, near full employment and the wage levels, as JP mentioned there in Ireland, relative to other uh, European countries are very high. So maybe, maybe this uh, pass through of the increase in VAT uh, will be fine. Uh, I don't think it will. Uh, and actually, one thing that hasn't come up in our conversation today is the fact that the housing crisis has had a huge effect on the, the ability of staff to pay rents. So if you're taking a job in Dublin and you need to pay €2,000 a month for a two-bedroom two apartment, you just can't afford to do it. So that's having a huge knock-on effect to us in the hotel business that we, we've actually had to try and invest in accommodation to provide to our staff in order to attract the right people. 
Um, the future for Ireland, I think, is very bright in terms of the summer we've had uh, in Europe. Um, I myself was in Portugal a few weeks ago and asked me where would I prefer to be now. I prefer to be in the west of Ireland where uh, the wind is blowing and uh, occasional shower rain, but um, I don't want to kill myself getting burnt at 40 degrees. So I, I actually think in my business, we're looking at, uh, you know, setting ourselves up for being on the receiving end of people who are going to come to Ireland for their green holiday and their eco-friendly holiday and their holiday where they're not scorched alive. And I think there's a very bright future for that, provided we're cost competitive with other countries that they will go to. So, uh, you know, my prediction is that the likes of Starbucks and McDonald's and those brands in the hospitality sector will probably be able to absor- absorb this uh, 4%, 4.5% increase. But it's it's the ones up and down the country. You'll have rural towns with no cafe. You'll have villages with no fast food because you know, they won't be able to sustain it. And they, they're not as well organised as, say, us in bigger ends of the business or the likes of Starbucks and McDonald's. So we're going to end up with, it could be in any country in the world, whereas we have a unique offering with, you know, small mom and pops with, with unique services or, or, or say the likes of JP where he's in the kitchen. He has a lesser chance of surviving than, than the chains, let's describe it. And that's not what we want. You know, we want people to recognise immediately when they come to a village that there's a very good fish restaurant down by the quay and that, you know, that's obviously going to be a very seasonal restaurant. But the government has to provide supports to enable them to be sustainable. And, you know, we don't get grants like some industries. Again, on the West Coast, you know, if you're smoking smoked salmon or if you're mussel farming, you're getting grants and you're, you know, you're, you're getting uh, provisions from you know certain funds we get nothing we want to open a cafe we have to buy all our equipment we have to either have the property or lease uh, at very high rents uh, so it's a paddle your own canoe in the hospitality sector and I think the government has to sit back and look and say uh, what would we do if this hospitality sector does not survive this next increase we need to be in line with Europe and we need to have a fair VAT rate, and 9% is the fair VAT rate. Yeah. Now, of course, the government, I'm sure, would say that they provided an awful lot of supports for businesses during the pandemic to keep them open, and presumably, you know, a lot of businesses in the hospitality sector would have closed without those supports. And, of course, our tourism bodies, whether it's uh, Tourism Ireland or Falsha Ireland, are also spending a lot of money to try and attract the uh, millions of tourists who come here, and, and many of those will be customers of yours. So that's kind of indirect uh, help as well. But a lot of people might be listening to this and sort of wondering, well, okay, it's not helpful to have this uh, increase foisted upon you. And clearly that's the case. But nonetheless, you've managed to survive COVID. You've managed to survive the uh, phenomenal increases in uh, utility costs, as you mentioned, during the Ukraine war. So uh, what's to say that you can't survive an increase in the VAT rate? Well, first of all, I'd say to you that, yes, we did enjoy the supports that the government gave, but they gave them to every other sector as well. I mean, the banks got them, you know, and look at the profits that they're making and they got the same level of subsidies as what we got. So I think you have to just look at that from from a different perspective. Uh, We didn't get any extra supports in the hospitality sector than any other business in Ireland. Um, What I would say is you have to look at my my business number two, the cafe in O'Connell Street that I'm telling you. Uh, and, and I'm good at looking at figures and our analysis is very strong every month. And, and probably the typical small business is not doing as much analysis as we're doing. They may not also have the advantages that I can bulk buy because I have 
a bigger business. And so I can put lower food rates in there and, you know, have, maybe have a greater level of expertise. But it's, it's you know, it, that's not available to everybody in the country. And I think, uh, quite honestly, in my entire career, and I'm here a long time in the hospitality sector, um, I would say these are the biggest challenges I've ever experienced in the food, in the food and catering business in the last 30 years. Um, I have never seen food price increases. And we're feeling it ourselves. It, you know, as we go to the supermarket, we know things are going up in price. But if we need to maintain quality in our hospitality sector, we have no choice but to buy the quality food at the higher price. There's no choice but to pay your electricity bill. And the, we, who has any choice but to pay the high insurance? I think in the Summerhill Hotel in Enniskerry, my insurance bill is €110,000 a year. That's over two grand a week. That two grand a week when we're nearly closed, you could say, in the off season, is very painful, but we have no choice but to pay it. I think our rates are 60,000 a year. You know, so there are loads of costs in, in this business. And then there's the, the need for uh, recommitting to the business every year and, and setting aside money to keep the standards up, which Falsha Ireland demands and which we want to do because we want to have a good property. So it's, it's the, the hospitality, in particular the hotel segment of it, is very uh, capital intensive. And, um, you know, if we don't take care of our business, the business qualities will go down. And that's where you go from four to three to two star. And that's not what Ireland wants. We want to, to improve the quality of our hospitality offering to the 11 million and growing numbers that are coming in. And we want to be cost competitive and be Ireland of the welcomes at a price that people are happy to pay. Lorraine, if the increase in the VAT rate does come to pass, will you be able to pass that on in full to the customers? And will it threaten the viability of any of your restaurants? For, for example, the cafe in Easton's that you mentioned earlier on O'Connell Street, cut that close. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, it's, it's, it's a question of whether I'm willing to run it at a loss or at break even. Um, certainly its viability is very challenged and I'm doing my utmost to uh, improve it. But I'll give you an example. I, I used to do a 10 euro lunch there where you get a main course and a little dessert. And our audience is very much uh, mature, say, retired people in the city centre. It's a home from home. We would do a couple of hundred of those every day. T last year, we increased it by two euro. Uh, this year, we've already increased it by one euro. The question is, can the person who for years and years enjoyed a 10 euro lunch afford to go up to 14 euro? And I think the answer to that is no, they cannot. Those customers will walk away. They're mostly pensioners. Um, it might be, you know, a home cooked lunch that they wouldn't get at home and we make it for them and they enjoy it. And we've had a very good business out of it. Uh, the breakfast trade in that cafe has disappeared because people are working from home now. So we used to have a vibrant breakfast business. We'd have a late afternoon business. We do not. Uh, so, so city centre has changed. And therefore, I would say I wouldn't like to say I'll be closing it. But, you know, if I didn't have other businesses, let's put it like that. Um, it wouldn't be surviving on a standalone basis. And that would be that the standalone businesses around the country will not have the luxury of me having been in the business so long that I can afford to run a business that breaks even. JP, same question for you. Will you be able to pass on the price increases if the VAT rate goes up and, and you know, will it threaten the viability of either of your venues in Goey? I, I mean, I think an ear 
can probably uh, absorb it because it's at, 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 a, at a higher level. But certainly, um, cava, we would have to try uh, try and at least pass on two or three percent. I do think it it, it does threaten um, the viability of any SME. And I think the question we need to ask ourselves is: Do we want a, a country of SMEs, or do we want a country of kind of uh, transnational restaurants that? Uh, will survive this and we can turn out a bit more like the UK where every high street is is exactly the same and that is that is my worry and I think sometimes we're kind of slowly creeping towards that it will put prices up I have to look at our prices um, again today because I mean last year we, we had a very good year despite the costs and um, I think May and June we had a, a profit of possibly 69,000 euro. The equivalent this year is we have a loss of 17,000 and it's how do we cope with that um, and how do we try and make sure that it's not a recurring loss and so we have to look at um, the wages and the, the menu are the only two things we can control in terms of how much we open. We're thinking about will we close Sunday lunch because because I don't think the trade is there. Um, we haven't done that in ten uh, in ten years. So, um, uh, and then we will also be looking at possibly will we close Monday as well. So that is that means there will be less offer to um, to the public. And uh, but again, we'll have to we really have to try and look at everything that we can control. Again, utility is out of our control. The VAT rate is out of our control for the moment. So we'll see how we um, how we how we get on. JP McMahon and Lorraine Sweeney, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you, Karen. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Lorraine Sweeney, JP McMahon, and Jennifer Bray for joining me on the show. John Casey produced this episode of Inside Business with JJ Vernon on sound. Thanks also to our sponsor EY for its continued support. Remember, as a subscriber to the Irish Times, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our business today email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care.